Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 238. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 37 years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. You arrived at midday. You are now booked for the night to perform, but you have the afternoon if you guys want to do stuff. You wanted to look for our experience? Yeah, I don't know where we would start. I mean, of course. I mean, I'm assuming you do, right? <laughs> you know human things. <laughs> you know man of things. Look, just because I know how to get around in the city for some reason, <laughs> uh, she keeps falcons. So we just ask for a falconer. Good point. Very clever. Yeah, this I is why see... your cunning is so much higher than mine. Or I can see where mate really doesn't want to go. <laughs> or you can send mate to go look for falcons. No, I don't think we send him look for falcons. <laughs> okay. Then you want to make a one purple streetwise check? Sure. I do have one threat. I have three successes and a triumph. Was there anything else you wanted to find in this town? I have an idea for the triumph. I don't really. Okay. I mean, but I'm looking for pottery if you want something that we have to watch the whole time. That's only maybe. I'm trying to think of what trouble trip could start off. That would be... If you want to spend your triumph to start up trouble instead of... No, I want to hear out what you have to say, because I don't have anything specific for that. Well, we could use your triumph to have this other elf be engaging with the establishment as well, so that you have an opportunity to deal with Okay, no, I think that's If good. you want to. She was someone I'd trick with track down. So, that's I mean, a great you've got time. the triumph now on the streetwise check, and if you, if you just want it to be like, she's leaving, you don't have to engage with her right now, but they can tell you like, oh yeah, she'll be back to pick up her package tomorrow. But Sorry, and she's at the Elvis Retreat? So like picking up her stuff, or she's at the Falconry? At the Falconry. Oh, uncanny. There's a very good reason that she would be there. Okay. Like, I'm not saying, like, instead of interacting with Alex's parents, you have to go hunt down this elf. What I'm saying is this would give you a place that you could be sure that you could encounter the elf, like, on the morrow. I think it makes sense, like, we show up at the falconry and whoever staffs at the front desk is like, two more elves. And, like, that tips us off immediately. (laughs) (laughs) More elves. Elves are everywhere. There's some kind of elvish festival today? I like that she says two and not just one and a half. (laughs) They can't tell the difference. Okay. It doesn't go down exactly that way, though. Okay. You are walking down the crowded street, heading towards where people told you, like, that there's a, a place with falcons. And you can see their sign hanging out. And the sign has, like, a falcon on it. And, like, it's holding a piece of paper, like, an unfurled piece of paper fluttering down in the wind. And you're still ways down the street. You see a cloaked figure exit and walk down the street in the direction away from you. And what sticks out to you, you have never been in this situation before of an el- seeing an elf in a sea of humans. Her movement is very different from the human movement. Oh, like, you really do stand out. <laughs> you can see the contrast here of like, yes, she moves. Like, her, she holds her body, her posture is different. Like, she's not trying to conceal anything here. She's just moving naturally. 
She's a little taller than everybody else. Definitely her style of dress is different. And she heads down the road in the opposite direction. You don't see much of her. She's got long blonde hair, apparently, and extremely pale skin. Who knew? <laughs> you enter the shop. Which does have a bell on it. It does have a bell on it. You are in a section of the city that is close to some water here. And you enter the shop, and it actually, like, feels kind of muggy and humid in this place. And there's, like, a large tub of some sort of water of murky disposition off on the side there. Uh, Behind the counter is a white-skinned human of later years, not as old as Gummerdock. This man has brown hair that's somewhat short, and he's got a close-cut beard that is brown, and all of his brown hair is kind of peppered with gray. You enter the shop, and this is where you get somebody to say to you, like, oh, more elves. That's, That's a little unusual. What an exciting day! Welcome, welcome! The closer you get to Hissenham, the worse off it is for her. But apparently the further away? Yeah. People in Weldon never interact with elves. It's an exotic interest. Ooh, elves! Fascinating. Um, what can we do for you here? Perhaps you are interested in some of our fine parchments. And he kind of, like, uh, like goes under the counter and, like, starts pulling out different, like, papers of various textures and, and things like that to see if any of them interest you. This is your and he kind of like keeps house. talking until like one of you like starts to reply. Like he, he will fill silence. Right, right. Perhaps something with a well, we have some with plants um, embedded in them. If that's more of interest to you, here are some floral ones, some uh, leaf print ones. This is the long shelf. We don't know Alaric's mom's name, do we? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> they uh, might not me. both be Manu. No, we don't know. No. <laughs> wait, this wait. is a, a short little muttered conversation going on here. I'll tell you right now, you don't know his mother's name. Okay, I was gonna say I have a family tree in here, but I don't it know. It just what's has on. question marks on it. Okay, we're actually looking for somebody that is related to Trick. Not how Trick <laughs> raise it at all. My companion. Well, <laughs> so you get for letting me talk. For, from her perspective, you guys are all just family. <laughs> is the lady falconer in? Oh, oh. Uh... <laughs> Cut right there. <laughs> Uh, yes, Lomfar is up- upstairs with her birds. Oh, okay. Um, we're friends of Damal. Might play better than we're friends of Alric. <laughs> friends of Damal? I said trick when I said yes. family. Oh, okay. You did? Yeah. Friends of Damal. Now he's going to make a perception check, I guess. But Damal hates elves. And everything magical. Trick, what do you think the difficulty is for a human looking at you and judging like, oh, you're not fully elf? I think it's two purples and a black. Unless it's someone who, like, regularly interacts with elves. Okay. Because I'm not... Trick's not particularly trying to hide it. Okay. He does not have any ranks in perception, nor is he terribly cunning. Failure and two threats. Friends of them all. Yes, he's living in South and, Tower now. Oh. And, and he's just, like, trying to process, because you said relatives of, of Trick, and you said friends of them all, and and he's just kind of, like, going through, like... Things that he knows and, like, not putting anything together. And then he's like, well, perhaps I'll just get on far then. That would be grand. Thank you. And then he, like, looks behind him at this, like, rack of, like, all these different, like, cords that you could pull. And he's like, ah, like, which combination of them goes to, like, the place where he thinks oh, she's likely it's a to be right now? Classic <laughs> Manu mechanical system. <laughs> all right, hang on. 
Trick will try to like look at this and try to infer. He kind of like tosses over his shoulder and was like, well, I'll try this combination. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) And he like pulls a few to jingle and you like, you hear like a ringing elsewhere on this level of the house and he's like, oh no, that's not it. (sighs) I can never get these right. Actually, Trick would like to help this one out. Mechanics. No, no, no. Oh. You're going to offer him? (laughs) I mean, I thought about mechanics. I did. Okay. I mean, I could help with mechanics, but I'm curious to see what Trick does. Yeah. I mean, they're your family. <laughs> uh, Trick will like, he'll try to give him some burst encouragement. Okay. Uh, no, no, I think you've nearly got it there. It's, I tried to picture when, when she was showing you right. It would have been a certain number from the left, and it'd be organized in a sensible fashion. I, I'm sure you remember pulling on, she had you tug on them directly. And... Trick will almost take his hand, like, was it this one, or was it this one, how about this one? Okay, so we're doing repetitive hand movements. Yeah, that's our jam today. No willows are involved in this. Okay. Send up a magic flare, that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) And all the bards will show up. Oh, there's been a story going on this. Okay. This is fun. Success. Bad news, I have two threats. Okay, not three, though, so all the magic users don't know you're here. (laughs) (laughs) We just, like, come stomping in magic, wait. There's a bard about. (laughs) The elf comes back, and she's like, who is casting? Stop it, will you? Two threats. That's too strange. It's not really interesting to me for the spell's effects to be delayed in onset here. It could take a lot more strain than I bargained for. I don't know, mechanically, that... Adds a lot, but that's... That would be you suffering... Four additional strength. Beyond the casting. Or yes. you could suffer two wounds if you want your hands to get caught in the contraption. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. You end up, like, twisted in the wires. Like, you don't realize that these wires over here are connected to these other ones. So, like, he ends up pulling some, and it, like... Like, wires get wrapped around your fingers, and, like, it turns out these wires are... Like, when pulled tight, actually, like, Ooh, yeah. can cut some. Yeah, you got the right one. That's good. Now we're yep. doing blood magic. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yep. I'll master all the forbidden magics. <laughs> His role for remembering the right combination for where she is is two purples. He gets a black die because, like, this is foreign, literally foreign technology. Yeah. But he actually does have two levels of mechanics and three intelligence. Okay. He's just a little scattered, right? Excitable is what I wrote. Ah, He's okay. excitable. Perhaps his finger gets caught. He also caught. gets caught. His finger gets caught. Excitable. But, but he succeeds. And so jingling happens at a much further distance away, perhaps on the third floor of this building. And uh, then there is like the sound of feet coming down. A woman appears. She has dark brown skin. Her hair is black and in many, many braids. They actually like, go down to like the small of her back almost. Hmm. And she is slight of build. So she's looks short to you elves. She yeah, she would probably like only come up to like your shoulder or something. Okay. But she also looks wiry of frame. Like she doesn't look like a small weakling. She, she doesn't look like an old woman. No, I mean she's she's definitely like she's probably she looks about your mom's age, but she looks fit and tough. Not in a like she doesn't look like a fighter or anything, but I won't see anything further, because that would be, like, giving away medicine checks of healthiness. Does she look like Auric? That will require a perception check from you to evaluate, does anybody here have facial features resembling Auric? If you wish to make that perception check, you may yes. do that. Yes, and I guess I would like to do a medicine check, too. I can wait, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could do that at some other point. What do you say? 
This is the difficulty of telling if people are related, but you don't have them right, both right in front of you. They're not both right in front of you, and it's from a son to a mother, which I feel like is more challenging. I'm going to say three purples. Which I fail, but one advantage. This isn't a setting in which you have photographs of people, mm-hmm. right? So even like your knowledge of like what does Alric look like mm-hmm. is limited in the way like it's been X length of time since you've seen him. And right. So you can't make that. But you have an advantage. And I will say the two skin colors you see here, right. a white man and a dark brown woman, those could add together to make a light brown Alric. Right, because you were saying that Alric kind of had like similar coloring to Trick. Yes. So Hepa tucks that away for... Yes. Like, you've met Trick's mother, and you've met relatives of Trick's father, like, right. and you know what the averaged-out skin tone that Trick has is. So right. that at least is something to work with. Okay. So this woman comes downstairs, and the guy behind the counter says, Alonfer, these visitors say that they are friends of your brother. Uh, we've just come from South Tower. Oh. Uh, my cousin Hepaloni here is... She says, oh, do you have news of them all? He's doing well. I'd say he's his usual self as far as I know him. He's a fabulous mentor. He, oh. he recently helped us with a, a problem we had in our forest. Yeah, Hepa decided he's our mentor. Are you a student of his? Um, in a sense. By Falcon, I, I should say. You're studying falconry with him. Alchemy. Ah. Student by Falcon. Oh, oh, I see. He sends you messages by Falcon, and you correspond that way. Yeah. Did you wish to send a message to him? Is that why you're here? Well, Trick is of Manu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we keep pointing to the other. You should have a reason to talk to him. You should not look at me, because Heffa's basically, like, her, her story for herself is that it's good for you to meet your family. I see. Yeah. Okay, um, so, so you say that he's of the Manu. Uh, Maeve is my mother. And she goes... And then she, like, turns to the man, and she's like, I haven't seen him since he was, like, this tall. See, just reinforcing that you're all I got like bigger. family. And she's like, oh, come in, come in. Oh, you're already in. Uh, let us get you some refreshments or something. If you insist. Um, it is so nice to meet you. We'll break out some mead for this. Ooh. She, like, scurries back behind the counter and through a door, which must go into a domestic part of the building. Just like Ulrich has them up. And the, the guy behind the counter, he's like, forgive me, let me introduce myself. Um, His name is Ocean. And he's like, you know, great to see you. So nice to meet you. Um, I do just need to like take God. care of a few things. Look, I understand. I didn't mean to take away from the work. Um, so he steps over to the other half of this room where the giant bat things are, and he like starts putting in these large frames that have like screens across them and pulling them out and setting them onto pieces of cloth and stacking them all up and things like that. He is a paper maker. (laughs) So he must have to be able to make very fine paper because it has to roll up pretty tightly for the... Are you asking him? Yes. (laughs) It's Hepa. Yes, she wants to know. He pulls you over while Lanfara is getting the mead and some snacks together. Like, as soon as you express interest in his craft... And he's excitable. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls you over, and he's like, you know, did you want to draw your hand at it, and, and things like that. And she's going to ask a lot of questions, because the fineness is interesting. If you have to write really small, you don't want the ink to bleed, so, like, she's happy to know any, like... Yep. 
So you like learn about the process of paper making and you learn that he makes many different types of paper here and definitely the type of paper required for rolling up and putting into little falcon scrolls is a very specific thing and he like even shows you like where his um like his razors are like so that he can cut them into like the really fine strips and stuff right. like that but what he's making right now these are all made from rag so this paper is made from reused cloth and stuff okay. So it's more like wool or cotton or something, where as opposed to yeah, it's whatever the materials are that people's clothes are made of. The the rag folks go around and collect stuff, and then he chops up real fine, and like the fibers then like reglue back together again, and you get a whole spiel on. Oh yeah, yeah, but it is a joint. He now finds out he's a her mentor as well. <laughs> it's very easy to become Hepa's teacher. It's not easy to keep her in your class. This is a turkey bit. And he'll, he'll, like, talk about, like, oh, this type of paper you want for, like, things that are going to last a long time just sitting on a shelf. Like, this is the kind of paper that, like, the nobles like because it looks fancy and fine. And, like, sometimes, like, they'll, like, commission papers made with certain plants in them or whatever or, like, imbued with scents or other essential oils or blah, 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 paper, paper, paper. Uh, meanwhile. Questions, questions, questions. <laughs> yeah. Trick, do you just, like, glaze that over? Or, like, are you still adjusting to being referred to as Trixie? <laughs> I mean, that's not super surprising. I don't know if he's met someone quite like Lanvar, who's that, becomes that engaged about family. Like, all the family he's met so far is, like, one, like, the seer is really level. Hepa's family is, like, level or scowling. <laughs> and most of the men who in South Tower are pretty, like, Ulrich's, he's cheerful. But not quite this level of excited. So Trick is a little surprised. Okay. She comes back out and she's got a tray with a mug of mead and cups for everybody and a sachet of the mulling spices. Oh. The mead has already been mulled with a number of these things, but the, the ones that she has are ones that are like kind of fast acting. That a little bit goes into each cup, and then oh, the mead gets poured in, and it kind of like gives it a little bit of extra fizz, even. Uh, she gives you a mug, and she like holds up a mug to like clink to you, and she uh, clinks it. I'm trying to think like what's a good like toast for uh, a desert culture. Uh, she clinks glasses with you, and she's like, "No, you always have enough to drink." <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> Yep, so she uh, cleans it with you and uh, drinks her mead, and um, yeah, she's just, uh, she's a little amazed to see you again after all these years, and... Um, well, it, uh, the forest is the safest place there is, but, you know, I've just finally come of age, you know, things move a little slower in Esperin Forest, as you can imagine. Uh, you know, so I'm finally scouting around, seeing what it is all about. You were just taking your first steps when last I saw you. I'm just taking one more step now. One more, every day, one more step. What is your business in London? Uh, we're actually just passing through. I mean, because we're headed to Dantonk. Gotta discuss some things with some folks there. Actually, you might know a little bit about this, because you lived in Hissenham proper, I right? I did, prior to the war. Something I'm looking to do is go back across the sandy waste. Her eyes go like wide. That's a bold move. I like her. <laughs> I'm a bold elf. So, I heard that someone organized an expedition from Dan Tonk at one point. Ah. And had gone out. Well, then you will want to 
talk to. She gives you a list of names, but the one that she thinks is best for you to talk to is Fazul. Okay. Does she try to, like, warn you, like, it's not she, a good idea? She or? said it's bold, but she didn't say, like, it's foolish. And when she tells you, like, Fazul's the one to talk to is because the last people that she knows of who attempted this were Fazul's kin. Ah, okay. As opposed to outfitted by Fazul, in which case, maybe I want to talk to someone else. But okay, that makes sense. So she doesn't, she doesn't know if it succeeded or not. Right, obviously, they haven't come back or yet. Does she know when this was? Like, a decade ago, or...? It was a few years ago, but she doesn't know exactly how long ago it was. Well after the war. Yes, well after the war. She she does, like, lose a little bit of her cheerfulness. She's like, it is long enough ago that if they had made it to the other side and, like, had Falcons with them, like, they could have... They should have been able to. Right, they should have been able to send word back, and there hasn't been word back as far as she knows, but maybe Fazul has more recent information. Part of the issue with with it is the Falcons only live so long. Like, when... Her group of the Manu got lost in their storm. Some of their falcons died. And the ones that they had left were injured or like stuff like that were weakened by the sandstorm and things like that. So they weren't strong enough to fly back. And so communication got cut off. Her falcons now, none of them were alive then. Like none of these falcons know that way. And, uh, And she would never ask these falcons to fly across the sandy wastes. So it's tricky, you know. They could have made it to the other side. They could be totally fine but maybe their falcons didn't make it. And so they have the falcons on the other side don't know how to get to Wesnoth. Right. Okay. That's good to know. Trick and Lonfar have started in on the mead. Ocean is telling you about how, yeah, most of his uh, sales are to nobles. Nobility, you know, they they tend to be literate and wanting to write stuff. But he does sell some to some of the merchant class as well. And, you know, of course, the messenger business between here and other places with Manu Falconry set up in them... Uh, yeah, that consumes, like, the extremely special type of paper. Right. Oh, then she can ask, so is it not common for non-noble humans to be literate? Because that's something she sort of has gleaned on, but nobody's, like, actually told her for sure. And if he seems like he'll answer that, she's happy to ask. You want to make a charm check? Yeah. So are you human stupid or just not human? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's the difficulty on this? He has two presents, and he does not have cool Okay, so it's two purples? Yep. I use a story point. I really want to answer this question. I want to have to know for sure. Um, a triumphant success and a threat. So maybe she's a little bit nervous about asking him. Yeah, you know, you never know how these humans are going to respond to these things. She doesn't want Auric's father to hate her. <laughs> so take a strain, and you succeed with triumph. Yeah. Okay, he tells you that nobility definitely learn how to read. Some of the... The merchants and things will learn some. Mages, I guess. Oh, definitely mages. Yeah, mages totally. They're the ones who, like, write half the books. But that most people, the combination of, like, have no need and have no time. Like, what are you going to use it for? Like, (laughs) That was like, oh, you don't live long enough. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't what he meant. (laughs) But, But, you know, like, you're working your fishing boat 12 hours a day, like, when are you going to spare the time to learn to read? And he, like, looks past you, like, over to where these two Manu are, like, into their second cups of mead over here. And he says it's different with the culture Lonfar comes from. Reading is far more spread there, and a number of their trades 
require it and depend upon it in a, in a way that's not common it was not uh, and he's like ah, yeah she's taught me my letters over the years so I, I can I can write a little bit and I, I can read if if I need to that's a lot of work but it's so hard to remember the N's and the M's and the Z's they all look the same just much rather make the paper uh, but he's happy to like provide the material yeah. to like fuel the the writing craze. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't say it's a craze, but to like to provide material to to those who do, who can afford the time or who need it for their their own trade. She's actually very thankful because it explains some things that she didn't realize. Like I think she admits it was surprising when people kept asking her if she could read. Oh, so you tell Ocean that? Yeah, and she wasn't sure if it was. Um, because in South Tower, there wasn't always a positive viewpoint of elves. So she wasn't sure what was underneath it. So she'll admit that. And maybe that. So is... there's a lot of anti-elf sentiment in South Tower, you're saying? A lot of anti-us sentiment. <laughs> or or just, it just seems strange that it would come up that people would ask you if you knew how to read. Oh, Damal asked me. It was a couple of humans. I hadn't met very many humans at that point. But Damal asked me if I could read. But we were writing letters. So I didn't. So you spent most of your years in your forest then, if you're only just recently meeting humans? Yes. Hmm. Oh, did, did I want to do anything with the triumph, or was that it? I distracted you by actually conversing. Yeah. yeah. Is there a specific insight you want to gain? This was a social check. Yeah. So she could get, you know she's curious about Auric. Anything that would be appropriate for that, but even knowing something about his parents would also be... Something about that's. I mean, that's why she's here is to kind of meet them and learn about them and. Okay. Or we can use it for I, I, some I, sort I, of check when she mentions his name. If you want to reserve it for a check, then you can. Or if you want me to tell you some stuff that would tell provide some, context. Just tell me some stuff. Okay, I will tell you this to provide context. This just comes up in your discussion of Ocean's trade. Right. Most of his clientele is nobility. Okay. He also talks about you know how it was very like. He didn't grow up in Weldon, like, establishing the business here. Like, that took a lot of time and effort to, like, build up the client base and things like that. Right. And so we're, he's not from Weldon? He's not from Weldon. Okay. But you already know from Alric that his mother faced a lot of pushback about having falcons. Because mm-hmm. in Wesnoth, it's primarily nobles have them for hunting and sport. Right. So from what his what Ocean is saying about the difficulty, like, he had getting his business up and running... Right. Like his paper making business and that the nobility was is most of his clientele. You can recall that Alric said when Alric had his quote unquote accident yeah. that that it made things very difficult for his father and he couldn't be around. Right. So you haven't brought up Alric's name at all here. Yeah, we but yeah. and and you you don't have the details of the crime that Alric was committing, but you know Alric also said things about like that he and Slater were going after like overstepped themselves in who they were going after. Okay. So if Alric was involved in a crime against some high up aristocrat right. type person who Ocean has to sell to, like, right. you can see how that would cause. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if she might be, she's smart, but she's ignorant, but I could imagine there may have been, they might've eaten through some favors or something just for him to only lose a hand. Yeah. You don't know exactly how that all went down, Yeah, but you can at least, you at least now have, some context of like the economical impact right. of like Alex's indiscretion. Right, right, yeah. 
That might be how she triumphed is because when he mentioned it, she was like, oh, they didn't, you had trouble with the Falcons or whatever. She actually knows a little bit about it. Okay. So yeah. you, you make some comment about like, yeah, okay. yeah. but you do not bring up Alarket. Yeah, I mean, she forgot to ask about him, but she's a little shy about it, too, so. But the paper's so interesting. (laughs) Check. You want to make a resilience check? One purple. Oh, man. (laughs) That Manu. Trick has succeeded with three advantages. Three advantages. On your resilience check, Sharon Mead with Lampar here. Trick learns what the appropriate amount of spices to add are, because he's got the sack, but not really any directions to go with. Ah, okay. So that is how Trick will... Is that, part of that. is that all you want for your three advantages? Uh, I would take a, like, boost die, because Trick is going to bring up Ulrich. Okay. You're like, I'm going to do it before Hepa does. Yeah. Okay, so you keenly pay attention as she, like, spoons the base spices into the cups. Like, she grabs the spices, like, levels it off or something? I think it's more like it's it's a healthy pinch. Okay. So, pinch. so she doesn't spoon it in. She, like, grabs, like, whatever you can get with your four fingers and your thumb... That is enough. My fingers are a little longer. I'm going to have to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but they like come together so much. And you like chit chat a little bit and she was like, oh yeah, I do the cloves and the nutmeg ahead of time. Like, ah, so exactly what's in there. Yeah. Okay. That is cool. (laughs) It's a cloves and nutmeg. We've never heard of this stuff. Cloves, nutmeg, and peppercorn. Oh, the whole time. (laughs) But you know, it's the proportion. It is. is. And, And there's other things in there, grasses and stuff. Yes, like Damal's doing you know, his usual self. He's very professional. He doesn't like us that no, much. Yeah, he's. He doesn't like Hepa, but he'll teach her. Yeah, we, he agreed to, to help us with a certain ailment that may have had a magical connection to it, but he was helpful. That's good then. He's uh, doing well. She uh, takes his step up her knee. Yeah, he's doing well. Uh, we actually, while we were in South Tower, we, uh, we stayed at the Parting Glass. I'm not familiar with that establishment. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, because uh, we met Ulrich, your son, there. Cup drops out for him. Because <laughs> Trick also is not fully read into, like, uh, yeah, he got banished and sent. Clatters to the to the table. You want to make a... You want a cool check or a charm check? Or... <laughs> you can make a charm check, maybe. <laughs> We're in the South Tower. We've met them all. Your mother's maid. Ulrich, you yeah. They, hopefully uh, they didn't magically wipe their minds. Cause <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is against her cool or just against, like, the situation. This is against her cool, and then there's going to be cubicle dice added to reflect the situation. Feel free to use story points. She's got one cool and three presents. All right. And this is getting two black dice added. But I said I was taking a boost from, uh, you know... Inhibitions are loosened by the oh, yes. by the mead. Yes, that's right. Your boost from the resilience check. This is a charm check. Yes. Are you? But I'm a half elf. But are I... you a half elf? Yeah. Literally, this is a good use for it. <laughs> Did I say something inappropriate? I, I'm a half manu. So you remove a die. A I move. I move just one though, because yeah. it's not a knack. It's a the innate half elfness. Um, would you like to spend a story point? Very confident over there, or do we not have that? I'm money? spending one. I'm, I am not spending a story point. Okay. You may spend one. Well, I mean, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I, like, I knew that he left under some auspices. I didn't mean to bring anything up, unfortunate. Uh, but he's he's doing well for himself. One success and two advantages. Okay, they're over by the paper making stuff. You guys are over at the front counter. She has dropped her cup and is clattered to the counter. You just said your things about, like, 
You're deeply apologizing. You're you're deeply apologizing. And she just says, you've seen my son? And like, like, across the room, like, Ocean hears that. And he's like, wait, what? What? Yes, he's he's doing reasonably well. And so like, Ocean like, zips over to the front counter. I'll follow him. To like, (laughs) you know, like, hold his wife. It's more interesting than paper, whatever's going on here. She's like, kind of like shaking. I pick her drink back up. (laughs) Or... No, he's... Put the absolute correct amount of spice in. Yeah, I would say that he owns an inn there in South Tower. In South Tower? He owns an inn? Yeah. The parting class. It's the, a nice place. She's like kind of in this mode of simply like repeating in disbelief everything you state. He runs the, the aviary, the falcon aviary there. And she says, Damal runs the aviary. So... You succeeded your check and yeah, you yeah. have advantages, so... I, I think... Uh, Formally, Damal owns the aviary, but I believe he has entrusted Ulrich with the day-to-day running and care of the Falcons. What are you doing with your advantages? Do you need help reading this situation? <laughs> no, no, I think I, the player, and Trek have figured, figured out this. I would like to save those for when eventually I need to ask about Ophelia. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, you're going to ask that one about Ophelia. I asked that because she was just in here. Okay. You have established positive rapport, and we'll yes. be able to cash in to get a boost die. Or maybe you... I'll need a favor later. I don't know. I just don't want you, like, trying to do I'm... something too oh, far you know in the future with this I advantage. should recover strength. Oh. I had some nice mead. <laughs> I burned through some strength earlier. But yeah, no, he's he's doing quite well for himself, actually. Heppa, you join them at the counter for mead? Yeah, I guess I'm not... Yeah, he and... Heppa's not completely sure, but I don't think she can read the tone of the situation, yeah. so she's just going to wait a little bit until... She's going to quietly sip her little mead and see what's going on? No, he and my cousin Heppa get along quite well. Heppa blushes. I'm sure he'll drop that bomb and then he'll take a drink. <laughs> That's what I get. Like a lot, like he's finishing. There was like, you know, a quarter left, and he's like, oh, this is so good. And Heppa is blushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the trouble you can make. Yep. <laughs> Usually it's uh, government or gang related. This time it's personal. You may make a charm check if you wish to do something other than blush. Because, like, right now, they seem rather flabbergasted. Yeah, but they don't seem upset that you brought up his name. But I don't know. They okay. seem to be in some level of shock. Maybe Damal got them off. So then what's the difficulty? You are... Doing a charm check, it is uh, two purples and a red. But what would she say? If you don't want Here's to say anything... Here's this picture of Ulrich I drew. Little hearts around it. <laughs> no? <laughs> An awkward silence has descended. They are, like, trying to process everything that was just said. Trick is, like, drinking his meat. Wah-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> and has just essentially, like, turned the focus of the conversation to you. Right. She's polite. She's going to say something. We'll figure out. We'll see what, what I roll. Yes, Ulrich is very nice. He took me on an excellent tour of the... He's breweries. wonderful and so handsome <laughs> and so intelligent. The Falcons are so wonderful. I don't succeed, but I have an advantage. I mean, you could kind of expect a little bit of gushing. She'll try not to, but... Okay, so you are going to gush a little bit? Yeah, but what would be kind of an appropriate, appropriate things to say... But probably it's a little bit further than she really should. So so she'll probably just say, yes, he's very wonderful. And maybe she won't say that he's handsome or whatever, maybe kind. and All the sorts of things you don't really need to tell somebody's parents. Perceptive. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Perceptive. 
Maybe she doesn't go too far because it is a little bit of a weird thing and maybe she trails off a little awkwardly. Yeah. <laughs> as it's trailing off and like, no, we, we met Adarin, of course, as well. Adarin now knows us. She actually ran the messages to the forest when we needed Damal's services in a hurry. Oh, but I apologize. You hadn't, weren't able to receive word from him. Jack will try to smooth it over. But clearly, like, they have not talked and, and he wonders... Alric just escape? <laughs> like, he lost a hand, but... Or did them all get him out? You want to roll to try to smooth things over? Yeah, I think so. He'll, he wants to put in, like, a good word for Alric that... Not that, like, oh, Alric has been ignoring you. I mean, Trick knows what that has been like. And it's been, like, four-ish years? Alric, it's been longer than that. It's been longer than that. It's, like, ten-ish years. Well, if his parents don't know he's alive, Alric probably should have mentioned that before we left for Weldon. Hey, he probably didn't think you were going to go visit his mom. <laughs> he didn't know just how driven you were. <laughs> um, you can set the difficulty, please. She's got one cool, but I am upgrading. Okay. Oh, that's just us dropping bombs wherever we go. Yeah. Well, well, well. The magpies come home to roost. <laughs> Failure with despair. And two advantages. You try to smooth things over. Yep. So, start talking. Uh, yes, I'm sure Ulrich would have tried to send uh, Falcon at some point, but he didn't start owning the inn. He started working there. I think he only officially started owning it recently. And, well, he has been very busy running that. It's one of the busiest establishments in town, uh, I would say. It's, no matter who you are, you can always go to the parting device. It's always got entertainment there. Uh, but I'm very surprised you hadn't heard it. I, have you lost any Falcons? Is he, maybe he's lost some falcons. Trick will try to come up with reasons for why it's not happening. where all your children are? Yeah. <laughs> when really the problem is, like, they didn't even know he was alive. Not that, oh, he's been in South Tower and hasn't been talking to them. You have failed this check, and there's despair. Yep. And she's just like, he's in South Tower. He's safe in South Tower. He's been in South Tower this whole time. I mean, I can only vouch for him having been there for, like, the past season, two seasons. But it seems like he's planted deep roots He there. runs the aviary. Yes. This is all Damal's fault. Trick will suggest to deflect blame, which may be true, but Trick doesn't know that. She picks up the empty bottle. All the meat has been poured out into cups now. She gets another one? Or she gets a stronger no. drink? She flings it across the room at the wall in a fit of rage, and she says, and she uh, turns, she like storms through the, the door into the private part of the house. And Ocean is left standing there, like kind of looking like he's he's been like quiet this whole time, like trying to process everything that's going on. And he like looks like through the door, like kind of like, do I run after her? Like, do I stay here? <laughs> and he's and, and um, I'm really sorry. And he says, like. You should probably go now. I'm sure she will want to talk to you, but she needs to... Yeah, we both need to... That sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll stop by tomorrow sometime. And he says, I have an important client coming by mid-morning, but feel free to come by after that, which is your... That's when the elf's going to be here. Yeah. You're owed that information from this encounter. Oh, that's yeah. how you get it. Okay. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll just come by early. Yeah, and then he like spins around to like go talk with her. <laughs> We're just so much trouble. D- you got Damal in trouble. I think Damal got himself in trouble. 
we just revealed his <laughs> skullduggery over the last decade. I guess we could head back. We should probably go. And we'll see you again. <laughs> Have a very good night. <laughs> okay, so uh, they will expect you on the morrow. From Hepa's perspective, we were talking about paper, then she mentioned about this. Like, we don't know what you were talking about before that. So after we walk out, Hepa's just like, what happened? Oh, I just mentioned that, like, oh. Yeah, she's, also knew she's like, right. she doesn't know. I guess Trick will explain his understanding that it seems like when Ulrich went missing, was gone from Weldon, Lanfer, and Ocean never knew what happened, and Damal has been covering it up for the last decade why exactly i'm not sure that that needs to be someone needs to determine that frankly that's not we don't really have to figure that out but it would probably be you know oh but this is a manu affair you're a manu <laughs> i mean when we swing back to south tower we can ask them all about it and i imagine him <sighs> i was hoping this would never happen <laughs> that is why he refused to teach Ulrich to read so he could not Right to his own window. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what Auric said about when he was leaving because Damal was the one that, because he had Adarin that helped him through after he lost his hand. And his mother sent him with Adarin to Damal in South Tower. I wonder if Damal, like, okay. not so long thereafter, sent a message saying Auric ran off. But I don't know why. Why would Damal do this? That's the question. If it indeed was Damal, but it kind of sounds like it was. They have falcons. These falcons had to communicate. It'd be really weird if you didn't send it up late. Oh, by the way, all works up to such and such. That'd be real strange. Unless it Then was... again, you know, uh, maybe Manu were just big on... The Manu thing is like, yeah, lose contact with your, your offspring for a long time. It's a Manu <laughs> thing. We've got these falcons, but we don't actually talk. We don't write. We don't, we don't visit, no. Well, unless it was beneficial for nobody to know that he was in South Tower. That is a possibility. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, them all may not be super fond of... Elves, but I'm sure he loves his nephew. Yeah, I have to imagine he was thinking he was protecting Ulrich in some way by doing this. Like, I don't know if Ulrich was wanted for other crimes, potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, Slater got out. How did he get out? Well, for a while, anyway. Slater had both of his hands, right? I don't think Slater was ever caught. Oh. But Slater turned in Ulrich. Or mm. tipped him off. We theorized all the way back about that yeah. he did that. And you have an engagement to perform tonight. What is your performance tonight? Story okay. to Elvish story Yeah, it Kellen. can't be a story about Kalens. People will here will have heard or been familiar with There that. is packed audience here. Oh my goodness, packed audience. There's an actual elf doing storytelling. I thought you said there was an actual elf in the audience as well. No, no, <laughs> I just meant... It's not just we have a storyteller here to tell you about elves. Actual elf is present to tell about elves. Yeah, what would be a good story about elves? Like, well, we do have, I don't know if it's too soon, but there, you did kind of pitch to Brita about how she told the story of Catchin with the elves and the court. I don't know if I want to, like, last time I shared a story having any undead in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. did not go over well. Okay, you have also been occasionally mentioning, like, fabricating elves that live on the other side of the sandy waste. You had previously said, like, this is an interesting concept. I don't know if Trick has, like, worked that up enough. I have no specific story, but... You had also, on the entrance to Weldon, reflected on, like, making up a story about, like, a huge ruined city on the far east side of the continent. I don't know if that was a horse folk city or an elvish city. (laughs) 
Could be a horse elf city. Yeah. Or the other option is uh, further publicizing the existence of Esprit Forest <laughs> and the important role it played in keeping Wedry alive during like. Uh, you know what? Well, there's probably people. There may be people here who are familiar with that though. That's all. I think he will tell a story that's actually smaller in scale. Okay. And like, it's almost more like every not elf an elf on an adventure. He'll even open up like, now I'm sure everyone here knows the story of. Of Kalens, and he'll like point because there's like a, not a statue, but you no, there's a little Kalens display though. Yeah, a display. Imagine like some mural. It's or got art. like a map on it of you know yeah. like dotted lines and cross swords and course, like all the places that Kalens fought. All over the place. Just picturing like the the very subset of like teenagers that are like, oh yeah, Kalens, and they're just like they have their trading cards. <laughs> they, they try to talk like elves would. Uh, so he'll actually tell a story. And like, this story at first might not seem so exciting. It's a story about water. I know if you run if any of you run a farm, you know water is so important. Water's important to elves too. We don't run farms quite the same way. Is this a mundane This is actually a, like a mundane like story a little bit about like elvish water dowsing, but like the it's told like a mystery of like there's something wrong. Uh, can you roll how well the charm check does? Yes. And then you can keep talking about it, but I I don't just, need to keep talking that much about it. You doing any verse on it, or just... No, this is just telling the story. How hard do you think it is? Crowds, so three? Three purples for the crowd, yeah. No benefits for actually being an elf in the... Oh, that's the point, yeah. <laughs> Elf-friendly audience. Yeah, too bad you don't have a dowsing rod. He will add in the detail that, like, tragically, like, I no longer have my dowsing rod. I had to trade it away to save a man's <laughs> life. <laughs> but that's a story for another time. <laughs> Two successes and one triumph. Okay. So this is a day in the life of a water dowser? This or? is like when Trick went, had to go on like one of the summer camping trips with Nasir. That was actually, like Trick is reconstructing in his head, like, what are the things we actually did? And like, why was this actually important? And you wouldn't think this is exciting, but... Oh, but these guys probably love it because it's it's an actual... It's like, authentic elvish culture yeah and trick he adds he manages to add like tension and mystery uh like like we have to find out what's wrong with the water like by before the end of the season like but another another moon passes another moon passes uh, so he builds tension that way but he tells the the story of uh nasir the water dowser the finest water dowser in of all elvish forests spreading your dad's reputation not your own Oh, but then he can just be the son of Nasir. Yeah, that's true. And, like, <laughs> and how say, do I know all this is true? Because he, I'm the son of Nasir. <laughs> he did have a little help. From a little elf. From a little elf. <laughs> Take a bow. The crowd goes wild. No, it's not the sort of thing that gets like raucous applause. It's just touching. <laughs> Nasir. The tribute <laughs> to Nasir. It's like you have fascinated the crowd rather than like made them all laugh hilariously. Right. It was not a comedy, it was not an yeah. adventure. It was an it was interesting... A touch of mystery. Yes. So that goes over very well. And do you have thoughts on this triumph? I really wish I did, but I don't. I mean, the triumph could have a monetary value. I mean, that is an easy thing. We do have a debt to pay off. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have thoughts. What could you do with the storytelling? Unless there's a bit of information you wanted to get that somebody else is like, did you know about blah, blah, blah? Like, uh, anything, we have this mission for Lord Bolas, maybe at the end of it, somebody's like, oh, yeah, I heard blah, 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 or something. Maybe, I don't think anyone here would have secret Elvish information. Someone, it could be sort of like the South Tower. Someone here 
knows like some cool places on the battlefield and is perhaps after we're chatting with some of the fans we mentioned like oh we might investigate some of the battlefields near here if those are if those aren't tilled over if you wish to spend your triumph to get a tour guide of local battlefield sites you can do that okay all right i don't think there's anything else you need to accomplish on this day nope Eva can update her map accordingly yeah we caused a surprising amount of trouble for only being here an afternoon that's nope. true it and took us at least a day and a half to cause trouble in south tower yeah, so then I guess she'll work on our map, and I don't know if we have, I, that's probably the rest of the night, unless there's, because okay. I still have this ballad from the Book of Risks that I kind of need to decrypt, so I think she can also work on that maybe a little bit, but maybe not very long. Okay. I can do that again. As we travel, she can start be working on that as well. Yeah, you're not at the point where you can make roles related to that. Yeah. Your accommodations for the night are definitely a cut above the parting glass has, like, very basic cots and things like that. But you guys are nice silky sheets. Not necessarily made of silk, but right. like finer quality sheets. And the room just has a kind of bower vibe to it. Like it might just be like green cloth like hung and hanging drapes from the ceiling or whatever, but it's like designed to give like a so you feel like you're under a forest canopy. Yeah, not just exposed <laughs> like as as we travel how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that is the end of that day. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.